welcome, welcome, my Chatty Cathy's. This is our extra funsies, our mini-sode. Not, well, we have many episodes, but this is our mini-episode. My name's Natalie. I'm Keena. Hi, I'm David, and I was told not to nod. (laughs) (laughs) I was secretly hoping you would say something like that. (laughs) And if you didn't, I would have. I'm like, thank you for not nodding. (laughs) Yeah, fun fact, last David didn't understand the concept that you guys couldn't see him nodding, so... We David's our official crew. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is our mini-sode where Nat and I dive into a discovery, and then we grill our guests. <laughs> I've been grilled before. You should see the marks. <laughs> <laughs> Solid bad joke. <laughs> yes. <That's> so painful. <laughs> I, don't, no. I, I go very literal on a lot of this stuff. I'm like... I'm always just like, why? <laughs> Did Keena not warn you about this? About me? <laughs> just uh, enough to know that you're not the other David. <laughs> David and I met in grad school. We were in the same group of public history peoples. We're basically the same person. Yeah. Like, same age, had the same job pretty much. Same everything. Give or, take a, yeah. give or take a chromosome. Yeah. 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 He's he's the dude me. <laughs> Dig can, it. I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored, and I will insist that that's how people <laughs> Dude, you need a bun. <laughs> you have a librarian bun? Yes. I, um, I need one? Yeah. Kino, uh, well, this is like one of the few times I've seen her with her hair down. She almost always has a bun in her hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're and, right. and yeah, you need a bun. And then it'd be, like, complete. Because we both got glasses going on right now. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. I could sell beanies with Kina buns. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Funny story about my bun. My husband was in a car wreck. Funny story. (laughs) I know. And then I'm like, car wreck. My my husband was in a car accident the week of Christmas, like right after. And then two days later, he was in the car with me and I was driving back from a doctor's appointment and somebody rear-ended us and they hit us so hard it knocked my bun out. Like knocked my hair out of the bun. (laughs) It was a great week for us and we're just both like, God damn it. Because both weren't our faults. But but, uh, that was fun though. Yeah. Yeah, David used to be a history teacher too. Do I know? That you used to be a history teacher too for the oh, for the yeah. tiny human. Well not tiny. Mid size. Uh yeah, they were uh, they were old enough to, you know, make fun of them in front of the rest of the class and not feel too bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Mainly. Yeah. They like it though. They like you more if you pick on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Teenagers are a little bit more soft these days, I think. Yeah, well, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm also, but I'm also kind of sliding into that age range where I'm like, teenagers these days, you know, it's it's getting a lot easier to say stuff like that. So oh, I've been there for years, and it's it's sad. <laughs> like, I Man. think as a teenager, I'm like, y'all suck. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. <laughs> hey, you're, you're a teenager? You fucking suck. Burn. <laughs> Get used to it, bud. Until, like, between a couple of ages, you just fucking suck, okay? Your hormones are crazy, you're on your phone too goddamn much, and you think you know everything when you don't. Also, very true. That's it's true. Just, I'm getting the age where they're like, oh, millennials. I'm like, those are millennials! It's Gen Z! Don't put them in my category! We are not the same. Or what? Okay. Alright. So they're gonna have to start coming up with names after gen z right so there's no more gen right or are they gonna go back to like double a gen double a (laughs) 
I don't know. It sounds like y'all are talking about batteries. Like, yeah. Yeah. Gen Z plus. Well, I know they're actually breaking it down. Like, Dave and I will be zennials now instead of millennials. We're elder millennials. Wait, the Earth will be dead by then, right? Yeah, so. pretty much. Yeah, the rate we're going. It's not looking good. No more generation neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Although my sister is a Gen Xer, and she's like, if they would just let us, you know, take over, we're cool with everything. We don't want war. We just let everybody smoke pot. Everybody be chill. I'm like, oh, Heather. <laughs> I'm down with that. Yeah. Anyway, what did you discover this week, Natalie? <laughs> it was a hard, hard choice. This is actually something I discovered a while back ago. Like a lot, it was advertised a lot pre-Christmas, and it's something I wanted to talk about, but just never. Every time it would come, I'd forget about it. <laughs> and that is the art library in Brooklyn. Oh, cool. So I am I am the librarian. And then Keenan and I, we both like to be craftsy. So I thought this is perfect. And basically, it is a library of sketchbooks. And you can purchase a sketchbook and have a book of your own artwork forever stored in this little library in Brooklyn. What? Dope as hell. <laughs> So cool. Um, they even have like a bookmobile that goes to schools and it's just like a, they have a staff member that handles the books so you can go and pick one and then a staff person will make sure like, you know, you don't accidentally destroy it, but it is art that you can actually touch and everything. And you can, I think it's like 40 bucks or something just to buy the sketchbook. They're all the same size Mm -hmm. and you can just do whatever you want with it. Some of them are watercolor some are pop-ups. Someone actually made pop-up books, and that makes me laugh. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, you just do whatever you want. Sometimes people added stuff, so when you open it, things flap and combine and make it even large. It's just everything is the same size. I think it's like an 8 by 10 or a little bit smaller, probably, but it's just a really neat thing. And I remember I saw it advertised a lot right before Christmas. Like, if you have an artsy friend, you can get this gift for them, and it's just really neat. I'm not really saying much because I'm over here just like mouth agape because I, it's that's such a, <laughs> that's like the coolest idea. That is a really good and idea. And I also and I also am not. I, I like to craft things sometimes that I am not. That pe- somebody would be mad if I if I put anything into any of those. <laughs> well, the cool thing is some of them are just studies, stick figures. Um, oh. Like someone will take a year. This started in 2006. So you can buy one and then a couple of years be done with it and submit it. So there was one book that I saw online that started out by with stick figures. And by the end, that person, you can see their improvement. And at the end, they were like really awesome. And were drawing like anime and cartoon graphic novel types. You know that there are probably five or six in there that are just dicks. <laughs> Oh, most likely. There's going to be your shadowed ones, your cross-stitching, cross-hatching ones. They're going to be, they're going to be tasteful. No, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't say there was anything wrong with it. I'm just saying. I don't know. know. I might have a little problem. That's the only thing you draw. At least can they be like different animals? Like, come on. You put little hats on them. Make them festive. Dress yeah. them up. Or like, yeah. here's a dick with a hat. A dick on a Christmas tree. Like, can I, Get a little creative than just. I'm gonna think of uh, what's the movie? The Dick and a Nixon mask. Why has nobody ever drawn the Dick and a Nixon mask? Um, obviously, I need a sketchbook and then draw that place and put it in the library. <laughs> Second set. Again, I'll shout that out to one of my more artistically inclined friends. A little extra cool about it is that there's 45,000 sketchbooks in this library. It's a 
pretty little big ass library. Forty five thousand is probably like an average small branch size. Sanders Library in Sherwood, Arkansas, they have about forty thousand and they're about a small, medium sized branch. But they have twenty thousand sketchbooks on their digital library too. So you can even check out stuff online. Oh cool. That's a really cool thing. I'm writing a note. (laughs) So I'm taking a mental note. Actually, if I had a pen, I'd write it on my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he'd come to class with just like notes all over his arms and hands. Tina knows. She knows Mm. me. The method. I can't do that. It would wipe off really fast for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But that like that part of it is great because it's kind of like an exercise in um, just letting things go. That's so, true. If it's gone, it's gone. You can't do anything about it. Oh, I would hate that. I like to have backups on backups on backups. I'm, I'm more of that style too. <laughs> <laughs> I rewrite my notes like two or three times mm-hmm. to make sure I have it memorized. It's the only way I can remember anything. Yeah. And even then, it's problems. <laughs> I admire both of your types. <laughs> However, I'm not that type. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So my discovery is less, you know, scholarly. (laughs) I found out there's a ghost in my town and I went nuts today. Okay. Well, it's better than my first thought, which is like, did you, it's like a dick joke or something. Cause that's different. (laughs) I need to, I spaced those out. You know, last episode was a good dick joke. Now I got to space it out a little bit. Maybe like two weeks. Yeah. Tomorrow. So y'all are telling me I didn't. Just make the first dick joke in history. No, we've had a whole oh, dick a whole episode about <laughs> dicks. Well, Historical dicks. If you if all of your episodes are about dicks, you really need to rethink what you're doing with your pockets. Well, we also had a vagina episode, so equal opportunity. Yeah, we're keeping it fair, man. It's very <laughs> historical. Don't we talked about like vagina. we talked about Napoleon, so it was <laughs> legit, you know? <laughs> very historical. That's what I hate when people ask me, what's your favorite episode? And I'm like, the dick episode. And then I have to hope that they're cool. <laughs> like, just hope they're cool with that. <laughs> uh, I'm explain. recommending the vagina one. <laughs> Did you say the Napoleon episode was the vagina one? Or the no, dick that one? was the dick one. His, uh, his penis is like petrified in a box um, in like, what was it? New York or something? Yeah. Yeah, somebody claims to have it. In Rasputin's is supposedly in Russia pickled in a large jar because it was supposedly enormous and magical. Yeah. He had a cult following, worshipping his magical penis. It's Pick- wild. <laughs> Good new word for penis. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much fun trying to say every word I could find that meant penis for that episode. I'm really proud of my alliteration and slang. I worked really hard on that only word we've said for vagina is vagina <laughs> uh, well the episode natalie did historical slang for vagina it was <laughs> it was it was fantastic chef's kiss it was so good <laughs> that one for sure oh, i was really good. proud of work yes <laughs> and then spoiler alert if you are a patreon member i do a art history episode just for them in my last painting was uh, a giant hoo-ha. Oh, and uh, I also just used everything I could find of different words for it the whole way. And I love it because at the end, I make Zeke, my husband, look at it and then tell me 
what he thinks it is, who he thinks it did, if I like it or not. And as soon as he looked at it, he was like, holy. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was a good reaction. David, aren't you glad you came on to this? I know. Take some vagina. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is this is a Saturday night for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <This> is- <laughs> Saturday night on a Tuesday. That's perfect. Uh-huh. Okay, so I've done a story on Seguin before. Very historical, very old here. So in the 1800s, they landed some, or leaded, land was deeded, which grew into a cemetery that's 15 acres, and it has 2,000 people buried in it, which are pioneer settlers, veterans, elected officials, business leaders, clergy, and then former slaves. Most of these people lived their entire lives here in Seguin and died here, so a lot of them are really important to the area, like businesses, really big deal. So I've been trying to learn about my town, because, you know, I like history. And then it kind of fell into disrepair, but in 1994, they restored it, and now it's really nice. So I found out about it today, so I immediately jumped in my car and went there. <laughs> so I took a bunch of pictures and videos, and I'll put that up on YouTube. You mowed over a whole bunch of uh, tombstones. No, right? I didn't. That's not a good way to get your fellow townspeople to like you. <laughs> no, it's not a good look. One of the oldest ones I found was 1793, so I thought that was pretty cool. That's pretty damn old. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I've never seen one that old in Arkansas. It's all, yeah. I was in a, oh, where was I? We were in Northwest Arkansas, I think. I was doing one of those barn surveys that I did a lot, you know, in grad school. And um, we went to a cemetery and uh, it was somebody that was born in like 1750. And for some reason, yeah, those kinds of things just shoot to the center of your brain. And you're like, mm-hmm. holy shit, this person <laughs> lived through the Revolutionary War. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, these are insane saying i'm standing on top of a revolutionary right now <laughs> yeah it, it blows your mind i also found that the people that established the cemetery was named ezekiel so you know husband stood out so <laughs> so i did also find out that Seguin at the beginning of it they built a giant wall around it so it's the only walled city in texas and it was produced using limecrete which i talked about in episode two and they used it for protection from Indian attacks and to keep wildlife and livestock from eating the lawns and gardens of the locals. And just a little summary, limecrete was invented by John Park, and he experimented with using concrete to construct buildings before the American Civil War. And he called it limecrete because it used natural limestone that they found locally. And then they pulverized it, mixed it with sand, and then they burned some lime and water, and they made like a workable slurry. And in the early 1847, he applied his techniques and he constructed a bunch of hotels, which the only one still standing today is the Magnolia Hotel, which is that haunted book one I talked about in episode two. Yeah. Supposedly the most haunted place in Texas, but I don't buy it. I've been there twice now. I saw nothing. Yeah. That's that's because ghosts don't exist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David. I want to believe. Sorry. I want to believe so bad. Go ahead and believe. I, I uh, I'm... I'm not even totally sure if I if I know or not. So you can't, you know, I'm a historian. I'm going to stay in my lane. <laughs> I love ghosts because you have to talk about history before you can talk about the ghosts. So I think that's why I like it, especially working with teens. That's how I tricked them into learning history was to talk about ghosts. So I yeah. like that. And I'm always like, I want to see one. But if I ever saw one, I just lose my shit. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> just pass out or something. I don't, think, I don't think I'm prepared for that, but I want to for the experience but been to the most haunted hotel in the country i saw nothing and then i went to the most haunted hotel in texas i saw nothing i don't know i would knowing that i was about to die or have a heart attack or something yell don't cross the streams 
Yes. You have to yell something Ghostbusters related. Oh, that makes me think of Family Guy. They did a Ghostbusters thing where Peter pulls out the pack and he lined them up and he pulls in Adam West and we're like, we'll put, we'll save him for here until we find a new mayor. And I just love that. Like, <laughs> I was um, like, I'm so sad Adam West is not with us, but I'm glad they did that though. Like, we're just going to keep him right here until we find a new mayor. <laughs> I did find a thing. It's like a PBS Texas ghosty hunter thing at Texas. I don't know. Anyway, so they had a whole thing online that said they believe that limestone or lime cream is a conduit for spirits and it gives them energy and it keeps them in. So they say that the cemetery holds ghosts in it because it can't get out. I'm going to call bullshit, but I just thought it was that funny. Is, if they did that, <laughs> knowing that, that is no fair. I know, it's shady. <laughs> it's it's very like- shady. Yeah. I think their thing was that the cemetery is supposedly haunted as fuck, and then the magnolia is supposed to be haunted as fuck, and they're like, what's the common denominator? Limecrete. So I'm assuming that's what the, that came from. A lot of ghost stories in Seguin, but this cemetery apparently has a headless man, and he's seen exiting the cemetery, and he walks along Millam Street. It's rumored that he was a Confederate soldier whose head was lost to a cannonball during the Civil War. I'm just imagining a ghost, a ghost like tripping on stuff, (laughs) just like stumbling around like, oh, sorry. (laughs) He wanders the streets looking for his head, but how do you look for a head if you don't have a head to look? I don't know. They say that he's supposedly buried at the cemetery, but another story I saw said that they put his body on the railway and sent it home or something. I don't know. But if they don't know who he is, how do they know it went somewhere? None of this adds up, but it's I was, just I was sure fun. that you're going to say they pickled his dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that I know of, but we can speculate wildly that uh, that also happens. Nobody knows who he is. There's no actual historical evidence that he actually existed, but it's just a fun story. So, of course, I went to the Millam Street and the cemetery today being like, hey, ghosty, 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 and nothing happened. Unless <laughs> I know. I was like, Zeke, I was like, can we go back tonight when it's dark? And I was like, we need to go videotape. He's like, who's this we you speak of? <laughs> I'm like, you. I don't know anybody here. Uh, okay. So anyway, supposedly there's a lot of soldiers that haunt this place. And like I said, there's a lot of former slaves that are here. And they say that they haunt too. There's reconstructive era soldiers that camped that area of the cemetery. So they think that that's some of the spirits they see. There's also a rumor that La Lechusa, or the Owl Woman, which is a legend described as an old witch who sold her soul to the devil in exchange for magical powers, and then she uses that to turn into a large bird or owl with red eyes, and she haunts the skies of Seguin, swooping down and carrying away people she fixates on. <laughs> uh, so, I've never heard of that one either. How did that even get started? Like- I don't know. Yeah. Mixture of of different fears, I would suppose. Old women, check. <laughs> owls. Uh, owls with red eyes, check. Okay. All scary. They can't turn sure. their head. You know what? Probably, probably some somebody was walking down the street with their kid, and they saw a fucking owl come down and like swoop a cat up. Because I've probably. seen that before, and it yeah. is terrifying. They were like, "You see that?" That's gonna happen to you if you're not if you don't behave. Yeah, most of these legends start as those don't be bad or somebody's gonna come yeah. eat you. Yeah, absolutely. But large owls look like people. 
dressed like birds. So that might be what that. I saw a picture today. It's like as tall as a human bird, an owl. It's probably what it is. Yeah. Texas has some wild stuff. We got the chupacabra. I think we have a Bigfoot. We have a goat man. We have Texans. That's <laughs> 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 my favorite. <laughs> Don't say that in Texas. Texans take Texas very seriously. I have family from Texas. I can, oh, God. I can do it for at least So you can five. do that? <laughs> I can flip them off for at least five seconds. Yeah, David and his wife came and visited, and he kept being like, this is really cool, but it's still Texas. <laughs> okay. Texas <laughs> is too hot. I'm sorry. I could never live there. It was 75 degrees today, and I'm wearing shorts, and my mom's like, I fucking hate you. It's freezing here. Uh-huh. Oh, see, I love cold. I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't like being cold. I like things being in the proper place. So, <laughs> so seasons. I like being cold. I want it to be cold in winter. Yeah. But I understand <laughs> that in this world that we live in now, it's probably not probably not going to happen. It's that getting way. less and less, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Less and less predictable for sure. Last January, it sleeted here, and people lost their damn minds. It felt exactly like Arkansas did. So I was like, why move here if I feel like I'm still there? But, yeah. eh, you know. Well. <laughs> still very nice. Because you wanted to feel, you know, high and mighty. <laughs> I also act like it was my choice to move to Texas. It was not. It was the military's choice. But we had a little bit of say. It was either this or, like, New Mexico. It was, like, that or Alaska. I mean, it's pretty, it's gorgeous, but the whole no sun thing, uh, I'd go nuts. And then vampires. Also, yes. Yeah. I've seen that that movie. (laughs) Everybody everybody our age has seen that movie. (laughs) Even my mom has seen that and actually likes it. So (laughs) My mom loves it, too. (laughs) Made me watch it. Yeah. No. Scariest thing about that movie? Josh Hartnett's acting. (laughs) Burn. <laughs> Solid burn. What are we drinking? Uh, Anything good? Diviner Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, I didn't. I didn't make a drink, man. What are you doing with your life? Well, uh, I mean, can I set this down and uh, yeah, put my cat on the screen? I could be back in like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that for a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kitty. Aww. Oh yeah, yeah. baby. all right i made it quick so it's good radio (laughs) just whiskey neat baby so what's our first question usually what's your social security number bank account any aliases any past murder charges we should know about and what's your cat's name uh (laughs) seven imaginary ones and then three real ones Seven imaginary um, cats. Yeah, yeah. The three, the three real ones just don't do it for me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's see. This one, she's our almost twenty pounder. She's our oldest one, and she is called Pangy. Pangy. I wanted the spelling to be P A N space G period. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle has has informed me that it's. P-A-N-G-E-E. So we have to put that on all the documents, I guess. But no, she she was named by my nephew, who was really, really into like prehistoria and dinosaurs and stuff when she was born. 
So he went off of Pangea. You know, Pangea was the topic of the moment. So he named her Pangea. This one is Master Splinter. I love that. (laughs) uh, Because he was a stray when we took him in. And he he was very, very skinny. Except, But he has like this kind of rat face. But then we have another one that is... Another reason you should join Patreon so you can see this tour. Oh, kitty. Uh, That's Roxy. (laughs) But no, uh, my social security number is... um, (laughs) One of these days, somebody's going to slip. Yeah. I'll just give you this. What's your astrological sign? What was David? He kept saying he was... Oh, he's an Aquarius. Yeah, I forgot. His birthday's this month. Sorry, David. (laughs) <laughs> be 34 the big three four kina you should <laughs> uh, wait we're the same age so you knew that yeah well i just turned 35 i'm old oh yeah we're the same I- age ish ish age adjacent yeah so, i'm an aquarius yeah. i was informed by a friend of mine that it's actually a wind sign not a water sign oh so, well, i didn't terrific. know that yeah we talked about it briefly when we talked about the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> it seemed relevant. The Zodiac isn't isn't relevant to Aquarius. I don't know what is. <laughs> so uh, tell our listeners what your thesis was about. Um, since I didn't get to go to your defense. <laughs> hey, bye. <laughs> now, my, my thesis was very specific to the state of Arkansas, although it can... There have been a couple of other papers written on the same topic in the past, like in other states, but I kind of wanted to focus on the South because that's where my sources were. But uh, but no, it's about basically in the the very late 20th century, a lot of Latino immigrants came to the South at large, but Arkansas, especially Arkansas and North Carolina and, you know, started filling up like chicken plant and farms and all that kind of stuff. You know, essentially just making lives as residents here, but they were also, you know, encouraged by sort of like the economic climate. I wanted to see sort of what life in a very racially segregated area was for immigrants at that time. There weren't a lot of sources, you know, that that I could kind of get my hands on. So I had to I had to improvise a little bit and sort of like frame the story in a way that could use the sources that were available to me. So the sources that I did have were the Diocese of Little Rock, which is the Catholic church for the entire state of Arkansas. That's their office. They had printed a newsletter since 1911, and it's all posted online and it's keyword searchable and everything. So I found about a thousand articles worth of content from about, you know, 1972-ish until about 2000, well, 2000 five or so so what i wanted to what i kind of ended up looking at and what i framed it as was you know what was the arkansas catholic church's response to this population you know how how quickly did they develop not just a ministry but like a parish level acceptance i guess of of latinos and how they in turn influenced the arkansas church it was kind of interesting and it was it was the first of its kind sort of thing uh, at least in arkansas there was one that was published very similar in Alabama in 2004, um, or not Alabama, Georgia, uh, oh, the okay. Dyson, uh, so, by an author named Mary Odom. 
yeah, it was really interesting. And I, I was able to go out and get some interviews with, with leaders, the guy who essentially started the Hispanic ministry for the diocese, and then a couple of immigrants, and then one, one immigrant from Guatemala who actually has worked for the church in Arkansas since she's been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it didn't take the direction that I, that I really wanted to go in the first place. I really wanted to focus more on, on other points of culture, but it ended up being religion and it, it, because that's where the sources were. And that's, I, I saw how, how it didn't just translate to religion, you know, in, in my mind, I also, you can also see through a lot of those sources where they started to kind of fit into society and when they felt, you know, a lot of immigrants felt comfortable enough to actually start participating in, you know, public life. So, yeah, I mean, on the whole, it was, it was kind of interesting, but I'd really like to expand, try to interview a, a lot more immigrants and get more Latino voices, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's really kind of what was, what was missing, which made me sad, you know? Yeah. But they're just not there. You know, the, the mm-hmm. written sources from that perspective is just, it's just not there. So uh, that needs to be developed for sure in the mm-hmm. state. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Sure, they didn't have really a means to give their side of anything. Right. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's <laughs> it would be frightening to you know to keep or turn over anything that that would essentially mean your removal <laughs> from you know from the place that you you made your home. So mm-hmm. there's kind of a, a big distrust of of government among the population, understandably, and. The Catholic Church and, you know, uh, Protestant churches in the area, they had to be sort of like the social area where many of them were able to, to form, you know, communities. So mm-hmm. it was, or I think it was kind of an important jumping off point for studying Latino immigrants that came to Arkansas during that time, because mm-hmm. a lot of times religion is sort of like the first, uh, you know, even if you don't. Even if you wish it wasn't, uh, you know, religion is sort of, it's the first contact that a lot of people have. So yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty eye opening. That's really interesting. How how is your defense? Were you nervous? How did it go? All right. I was, I was not nervous. (laughs) I was not nervous until about three hours before the thing. And then every bit of nerves that I tried to like press you know, to the, to the side, all hit me at once, which is, which is very much my style. So I started getting actually like getting a stomach ache and stuff. And I didn't eat that entire, (laughs) like the entire portion of the day. But that was also very nice because there's a Popeye's across the street from UALR. (laughs) And that was the, that was my first run in with a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh, let me tell you. That was the best chicken sandwich I think I've ever had because I memorable, such a memorable yeah. day. <laughs> Which was better, getting your degree or getting the sandwich? Um, <laughs> I already have another master's degree, but you never get your first your first Popeyes chicken sandwich again. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. My, my metric, uh, but no, the defense the defense was really it was really great. I, you know. I was able to answer questions and every, everything that I knew was going to be a concern that they would have. I'm kind of a person that's like, 
I know this is a problem. You know, I laid it all out beforehand and they're like, yeah, you know, this is kind of an issue. So I was very coming in like a little self-aware and stuff like that. But, um, but no, it was really great. And I, I actually ended up enjoying it and wanting to talk more, but Michelle and I were headed to Chicago the next day. So I had to go home and pack. Uh, (laughs) I had to shut them up. (laughs) Yeah. Defenses are kind of nerve wracking. If anybody doesn't know what a master's defense is, basically you have to get in front of the people that are on your board. You have a chair and then you have people that you pick for your board and then it's open to the public. So literally anybody can come and you have to just prove that your thesis makes sense. And you have to argue that you've made a good point and tell the whole thing and answer all the questions that anybody can throw at you. So it is a little nerve wracking. David was at mine. He asked me questions. Uh, yeah, I did. I did ask. I, I can't even remember what the question was, but I know, I know. It was bullshit. <laughs> it sound important. No, shout out. To, shout out to our friend, mutual friend, Jessica Chavez, who came to mine mm-hmm. and asked me a very great question that actually ended up helping me to see something that I had missed. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah. Later going to put into it. So yeah, she's real great. Aw, yay. It's her birthday. Or wait. Was that yesterday? It's her birthday today. Happy birthday! <laughs> I was like, what day is it? I know I said happy birthday, but I can't remember if it was this morning or yesterday. As of the recording, it's around her birthday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> happy birthday, Chavez! Cha-cha! Oh, I do miss her. She's on her way to Germany soon. Man. It's wild. So, this wasn't that hot of a grilling so far. Uh, too hot. Too hot for pod. <laughs> Go, Nat. One, two, three, go. One, I'm just trying to picture what would be too hot for pod. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, so you, you said you used to teach at high school or middle school, and what kind of history did you teach? The first group that I taught was middle school. I taught seventh and eighth grade. I taught at charter school, so we can do this. <laughs> we can <laughs> we can bend the rules, <laughs> or they can, anyway. Um, but no, we, I taught seventh and eighth grade social studies and like Arkansas history. I taught civics and economics. I taught yearbook. Uh, but then when I got to the school that I was at last, I taught civic, civics and economics for a year. And then I taught uh, AP world, world and AP world for a couple of years, which I really, that was my, my wheelhouse. And that was mostly 10th graders, but 10th through 12th graders. Yeah. So I taught all of them, all of them. Yeah, world history was always my favorite class. I had Miss Adam. She was really cool. She retired, so I guess she was in her late 50s when I had her. And she was one of those people, like, she's old, but you know she's cool, too. Because she would crack jokes that you think people wouldn't know. (laughs) Yeah, and she knew it, too. Like, she knew it. Oh, yeah. Like, on her tests and stuff, she still put stickers on there. She's like, look, I know you're 16, but I know you still like stickers. And we're like, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) You got got me. You got me, Miss A. (laughs) <laughs> what do you do now exactly i do a lot more boring stuff <laughs> i always lead off with the fact that you know by saying that it's boring just so that uh, people know that it's not as involved but i work at a desk too pretty much like i i work for a state agency that essentially like the goal of it is to help preserve historic buildings in two very distinct areas in little rock 
which is the area around the Capitol building, and then the area around the governor's mansion. A lot of the homes that were built like in the governor's mansion area were built like in the late 19th, early 20th century. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the buildings in the Capitol area are actually were a, a lot of the historic ones were demolished at different points. But so that's why our agency was formed. So it's it's basically like zoning. We give people permits for building stuff or for, you know, modifying structures and all that kind of stuff. But they have to do it based on historical design standards. Oh, yes. OK, I'm with you. It's kind of a hybrid between zoning and uh, historic preservation. Okay. I remember that when, um, like, Layman Library did the Argento branch, the old post office, there was a lot of talk about that. Because you had to keep the integrity of the old building and the post office feel of it, but we could repaint and they could remodel it to fit the library needs and whatnot. Right. Yeah, so it's kind of do a lot of, you know, helping people straddle that line between development and all that kind of stuff and preserving the character of those those two areas. I wouldn't say that was a more boring job, though. I think that's kind of exciting. I only say that just because, you know, my skills, I think, um, you know, I, I don't think that I was meant to. It's a lot of permit writing. <laughs> yeah. And just a little bit of, of historical research and stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's it's great, actually. Yeah, it's a really good position. And it, it is a, um, I think, a really necessary agency for sure. But you know, it's a, it's a lot of desk sitting, a lot of permit writing, that kind of stuff. So. Oh, that's true. Maybe like the grand <laughs> scheme of it isn't so uh, glamorous. <laughs> yeah. And when you're coming from, you know, dealing with 16 year olds all the time, it's a little bit, you know, you're, you're sitting in that desk and your heart's not pounding all the time. You know, <laughs> it's a little, it's, it's easy to think of it as boring, but it is, it is necessary for sure. Well, yeah, you're, Helping the community in a sense, because you're allowing something else to be there while still preserving some of our history. So it's a good community thing, even if it is just writing a permit from your desk. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> I also have power over whether can, people can uh, modify their homes or not, which is kind of fun sometimes. Ooh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Do you have more rejections than allowances? Oh, good question. Uh, no. <laughs> We try to allow as, as much as possible. Thing is, is that like people who live in those and, and work in those areas a lot, like they know about our agency because it's been there since like 78, I think 77, 78. So they, you know, and a lot of people that live, especially like in the mansion area neighborhood, like they know what our standards are, you know, so if they want to do work on their house there and, and most of them want to preserve the historic nature of their, their homes and stuff or their, the buildings that surround them. So yeah, it's kind of a try to, you know, get them to a place where they can build a home that might, you know, fit historically down the line because, you know, a a lot of people who build new homes too, like they'll, it's hard it's hard to say you know build a victorian home you can't if somebody comes in with plans for a victorian home that would be kind of amazing most people come in with plans with just you know neocraftsman like ranch style just just like really basic homes you know that fit a general plan and we sign off on them they fill the neighborhood with homes that will be you know historic in the future so the most interesting thing right now going on is the battle over Airbnbs. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because we also dictate uses. 
So if people want to use their, you know, their structures as Airbnbs, there are a lot of people in the in the neighborhoods that are like very much against it, you know. Um, yeah, I bet. Yeah, and I uh, really and, thought of that, but yeah, a lot of historic homes are kind of going to the Airbnb for the historical yeah. aspect. That's kind of it's kind of a hot button issue, like all across the country, right? Now. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you just don't see it because it's it's mostly dealt with in like local government. So yeah, that historic building I mentioned, the Magnolia, they just turn it to an Airbnb. It gets hot, man. Where we are, we have we have uh, you know seventy year olds screaming at each other, and, and <laughs> <laughs> you know these meetings that are supposed to be civil, and these meetings adults, and they're screaming at each other. So it's kind of weird. It's never. So those adults are the worst, really. Oh yeah. Good God, like I can't I can't do what you do. That'd be that'd be so stressful. From day one, I was very much over the squabbling, like the neighborhood squabbling. I was, I was just like, oh, God, this is not, <laughs> this is not me. Uh, so yeah. I, have, I did one time in one meeting have to like speak up and like try to calm down the situation because they were, they were just screaming at each other, man. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, it get does get, does get, it does get a little bit. You know, Jerry, Jerry, sometimes, but get a whistle or a gavel. Attention. Oh, we have a gavel. Foghorn. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. Fancy. Mm-hmm. It's just not used very much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least you're using your degree. That's fun. I'm using it, I guess, kind of adjacent to how I want to be using it. How would you want to? I really wanted to do um, kind of what Kina was doing at the Historic Arkansas Museum, which was. Or at uh, actually what you were doing at uh, at Crystal Bridges, which is mm-hmm. helping to design educational programs and mm-hmm. stuff like that for either either for kids or for adults. I would kind of actually prefer adults right now. So like adult education outreach and stuff for a museum or a historical organization. But I, I work adjacent to a lot of those people, you know. So um, you know, I still get some experience in those things sometimes and get to lead tours and all that kind of stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. Do you play an instrument? Are you artsy at all or sports or what's your thing? I I do that like white guy thing where like I pretend to play the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Do you play it around the campfire basically? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm always trying to find the right. (laughs) 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 Uh, I, I make people wait like, uh, like kumbaya kumbaya (laughs) (laughs) i play a a little bit of guitar but i only ever did it just to supplement singing i like to sing but that wasn't ever really like a a big part of my identity or anything like that i mostly the majority of what i like to do is like i like to hike and now that i actually have time that school's over i read a lot and write a lot and uh, actually i'd like to start writing freelance like for some different publications and stuff if i can make that happen i think that would be really cool so what do you um, read i read biographies from time to time i like fiction i actually i've never read the uh the lonesome dove series so i'm going through that right now <laughs> on patreon we do book chats for new year's i said does anyone have any goals well, we had several that wanted to read more nonfiction, and some had biographies. Do you have any biographies you'd recommend? I just finished. Uh, I just finished. Uh, it was back in 
like the beginning of summer or so that I finished, but I read Walter Isaacson's biography on Leonardo da Vinci, which is really oh, oh cool. Kind of, especially if you're an artist, um, mm-hmm. you'd probably be be kind of into it because he he delves a lot into you know his technique and things like that and kind of compares a lot of his his paintings, but. He also like the overarching theme of the book is essentially, you know, essentially the fact that he was just so exploratory, which was kind of strange for his time. He was just very much like into everything, you know, mm-hmm. into being alive and being curious. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed that one. I bought my dad a biography on Jackie Chan for Christmas. Oh, I would read that. And I went through it and because I texted my mom before Christmas, I was like, do you think dad would like this? And uh, she goes, oh, he doesn't really read that much. She was like, <laughs> just buy him a Home Depot gift card. So <laughs> I had already bought the book. So I was like, I think that I really think that he'll like it. So I, what I did was like I went through and just kind of like skimmed each chapter and uh, found some things that I thought he would like and highlighted them, you know. Uh, but I ended up actually getting really into it. <laughs> it was it was an autobiography though so that he wrote. It's actually kind of interesting. Oh, wow. And so you talking about writing. What are you writing? What do you like to write about? Right now, I'm just I'm writing for uh, work a lot. But then also, I started trying to get back into writing articles for the Encyclopedia of Arkansas. The no guy over there, and he I, I did an internship with them, so. You know, I kind of know that process really well. And there are a few topics that I think would be fun to write about. So I'm writing, I'm about to start writing a couple of articles for them. But other than that, you know, I like writing. I'll, I'll try to start writing short stories from time to time. I like to write, but I'm not very good at writing fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I use it I use it really for, kind of for, for practice and for sort of opening up, you know, any kind of imagination that I might or any kind of imaginative details that I might be able to spill out, you know, that helps my actual technical writing. But other than that, just uh, write history a lot. That's cool. Is there any fictional stories that you like? Like, can you get an example of one of them? You're a little creative opening. <laughs> no, they're all explicit. Sorry. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> no, I, I mean, when I write those kinds of things, it's hard for me to venture outside of, of like really small vignettes. And I guess that's just a lack of imagination or something like that. But I get so caught up in writing detail, which is not good for a writer, real true writers of fiction, just sort of, I mean, they all have their own styles, but they, they can form the story and write it out and then go back and sort of add details. I'll add details as I go. And so I'll get stuck just sort of like in Mm -hmm you know, these small vignettes. And so, you know, I'll, I'll write stories about like eerie. My most recent one was like an eerie incident on a mountain trail, you know, with a, a guy that's hiking and stuff like that. So it's uh, just kind of like loosely based on some things that I experience and sort of extrapolate them into sort of weird scenarios. So. It sounds like you need to put that to D and D. That would be fun. Oh Yeah. Do you play I, D&D at all, or have you ever? I have never, but uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about how it would be really fun to, you know, to actually get into a D&D group. I think that would be very cool. Uh, me and my boyfriend, Emery, we play, and he writes crazy-ass stories, and he's very historical, so he'll combine 
Norse mythology with Egyptian, and he'll make this world. And right now we're doing Lord of the Rings D&D. Very cool. Well, thank you, David, for joining us. Of course. Yeah. I was happy to. It was fun. Do we want to have a battle royale of which David is better? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> Can I just concede? <laughs> no. Because I don't care. <laughs> well, he has mostly turned into like a dating ad of yeah. like, ladies, I'm single. Yeah. Oh, the, the other guy? The other yeah. David? Mm-hmm. And then he got a lot of tweets about like, I'd go to a movie with him. I'm like, this is going to go straight to his head. Nice, nice. So he's he's nega David. <laughs> I've known him forever. Yeah, he's he's funny. Now I'm jealous. <laughs> All right, Keena, I'm jealous. You win. <laughs> of what exactly? Of what? Uh, I don't know. Like just uh, better friends with Keena. Oh no, just longer. I didn't say better. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> He's just from well, the mountain like me. That's the only reason I know him longer. I met him at a bar. <laughs> and then he hit on me and then we found out we're cousins. <laughs> <laughs> and what? You're, you're the reason why Arkansas has a bad name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Call me on Christmas. And then mom's like, who are you talking to? I was like, David. And she's like, David who? And I was like, Huddleston. And mom's like, oh, that's your cousin. <laughs> He's like, don't worry. His dad hit on me too. <laughs> <laughs> so generational misunderstandings apparently <laughs> so bad did your family just make up that whole town god damn well, yeah We're, my mom's side of the family founded flipping arkansas so we've been there a long time my the reeds were like the first few mayors and stuff so we've been there a long time and then yeah. david's great great grandmother is my great great grandpa's sister so it's distant yeah. yeah, but they're and still, but just still. Ignore, and you guys just ignore like the three-eyed squid children that you have. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, you think you're safe, but you're not. <laughs> well, it's because my main name was so German. They were like, "She's not from here." And then I was like, "My mom's a Reed," and they were like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good time. It was great. That's why he's like, "Christmas is the worst time ever." Because I told him on Christmas. I thought it was funny. <laughs> That's like, Merry Christmas. I would love that, man. I would love if, like, I accidentally hit on my cousin and then found out there are cousins and then we had to spend Christmas together sometimes. I would every single time be like, hey, you remember when you remember when I tried to get with you? That's crazy, huh? I think I would never want to talk about this again. Like, I might hit the other person in the head to make sure they forgot. Aww. It is really funny. I just don't want it to happen to me. Well, anyways, thank you, David, for (laughs) (laughs) and and meeting your kitty cats and Michelle. That was nice too. Yeah, (laughs) they're very sweet kitties. Oh, look at that face. Oh, you make me want a cat again. Keep saying no. (laughs) I'm just like we should have a cat. No. (laughs) Spent a good. Like ten minutes trying to convince him the cats are cool, and he was still like, "Nope, nope, 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 nope." Luciano was another guest. He's a stand-up comic that I know. So, man, God, I'm really sorry. 
<laughs> have much more interesting guests. No, no, no. You're the most historical guest we've had so far. I'll say, if anything, you're the most accurate. <laughs> and I know that I'm base level on that, so uh, yeah, I'm so much higher to climb. You're so humble. We all know, you know that you're like the smartest out of all of us. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> But no, this this podcast is uh, I've I've been kind of you know hoping that you would you would call me and uh, and get me on here at some point anyway. So this is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we'll have you back. Maybe we'll have you on our real episode. What? Big time. Pick a theme you want. That's that's what I told some people. (laughs) What theme do you want? We'll write you in. I'll pencil you in. Okay. I'll, I'll try. I'll try my best to make that a pin. I'm gonna get off with you guys, and I'm gonna immediately go and look up this uh, attack on the Iraq base. Yeah, feel concerned. I know. I get a lot of my news from Twitter because it's the first people that report. But yeah, the the breaking. If you can see it, breaking. I can see King. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, you're uh, about halfway there. <laughs> oh, oh, was I? Oh, 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 there we go. Oh, yeah. It's like the first ten things <laughs> are like bombings, and the last thing is uh, on Bachelor contestant brought a cow. Like this is America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, join Patreon. Yeah. That's it. Because we do cool shit. That's like it. That's art, art rants and uh, book chats. Yeah, and we're giving away stuff. So that's true. We have a giveaway this month. So, if you're already on Patreon, you're already signed up, but you should become patron a patron because we're giving away a haunted starter kit. Mm-hmm. So, like ghost hunter starter kit, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Step number one: find your head. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a headless ghost, find that goddamn head. <laughs> like it. <laughs> If ghosts exist, I want to be one. It just seems like a lot of fun. Keen, I feel like you're wanting this way too hard. I think I am too. I think I am. When I was a kid, I used to see like things would happen. That's why I believe. But now that I'm an adult, nothing happens. And I'm just like thinking I'm insane. I guess. I feel like I was insane. I mean, I talked to my dead grandma and there was witnesses, but I was not conscious. I was really drugged up. So it might be why too. Yeah. Or maybe you just need more drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like different kinds of drugs. Maybe. And- yeah, make a cocktail. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't remember what I was on. It was after a car accident. Or something. But I don't know. I mean, there's so many things we can't explain. Maybe it's the childlike wonder in me that just wants to believe. Yeah, that's okay. It's kind of like aliens. I'm not going to say they don't exist. I'm just going to say they didn't build a fucking pyramid. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. (laughs) But but even that, I would say, is more probable than the existence of ghosts. (laughs) Lies. Well, there's a ring doorbell video going around the internet. It's somebody walking out, and then all of a sudden he just shoots up into the sky. People are like, oh, aliens. I was like, it's possible, but they didn't build shit. Math built shit in tools. <laughs> yeah. It's just that were given to us by <laughs> aliens. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. 
all right, this is the problem that I have, that I have with ghosts. They're easier to believe in because they're not corporeal. <laughs> An alien, you can definitely, you know, you, you know that if they do exist, like they can actually affect your life. Like, mm-hmm. or, 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 or they can actually like strangle you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or True. whatever. But like can... a poltergeist could. Oh my gosh. According to people. There's been a lot of things. A lot of possession shit. I mean, the Catholic Church has been riding that possession ride for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, I gotta get off. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> this is, this is, we're starting to enter that territory. You know, like when you're a kid and you'd stay up all night and you got, you got like to that point where you were tired and you knew you were tired, but you knew you weren't going to go to sleep. And so you just started talking about whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it's like punch drunk like great conversations though oh no this is still a lot of fun but we've been here for two and a half hours it's only supposed yeah. to be like a mini episode <laughs> oh my gosh okay bye <laughs> bye <Z's. laughs> uh, bye <laughs>